Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. It's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. It is indeed James Golden with you here on 77 WABC telephone number. If you'd like to be part of today's program, 800-848-WABC. 848-WABC, 800-848-9-DUEL. Toto. And there is so much to discuss. Some of it unpleasant. We are dealing with the news. And we are dealing in a increasingly out of control, lawless society that liberal policies and Democrats have promulgated. And that lawlessness spreads from New York all the way out to L.A. I am amazed at the number of people that have seen the the wanton thievery that is occurring in Los Angeles with, with cargo. And it's spread all over railroad tracks there. Those pictures have been distributed around the country. They've gone viral. And people are shaking their heads in disbelief. How can this happen? Where's a law enforcement presence? Indeed, where's a law enforcement presence in many places? Well, the law enforcement presence in Baltimore, in Maryland, in the state of Maryland, uh, has their own problems. Marilyn Mosby, one of the original woke prosecutors, has been indicted, as you know, for lying to get COVID cash so that she could purchase, the allegation says, two homes, two vacation homes in Florida, despite having a salary near $250,000 a year. She, uh, she, she claimed, according to prosecutors, that she was having adverse financial consequences from covid And that let her prematurely withdraw money from her city retirement account. And then she used that money. That's what is alleged to do these uh, purchases. And during the same year this was going on, she had unpaid federal taxes, supposedly. I say supposedly because I'm not going to just, not just going to say, yeah, 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 she did it, she did it, she did it. I want to see how this plays out. I want to see how the evidence plays out. Apparently she wanted to go to the grand jury 
with her own set of evidence and was denied. That's what she's saying. And I and then I wanted to know, you know, she blamed this thing on, of course, racism and everything else. And so I wanted to see uh, who these prosecutors were that were going after her. You know, these white premise prosecutors. And it turns out that that these that the guy that's going after is a Biden appointee. It's like, really? Hmm. Okay, the Democrats had one of the most disastrous political weeks in history. It will be forgotten as we move along, as all things political usually are. But for this week, those who want to engage in a little schadenfreude at the Democrat parties can have at it. It was not a good week. The Supreme Court and Kavanaugh is coming under a lot of heat from conservatives. By the way, for his, for his vote, but this voting rights pivot that the Democrats tried failed when Kirsten Sinema pulled the rug from underneath them. Said, "No, I'm just staying where I was. I've already told you time and time again. I'm not going to vote to get rid of the filibuster." And Chuck Schumer, our very own. Chuck U. Schumer, who had said that no matter what, he was going to have a a bill to defeat this filibuster on the floor of the Senate before Martin Luther King Day, abruptly said, nope, we're going to go home. Never mind that. And it's an embarrassment for the Democrat Party. It may, it may, it may be a sign that the Democrats are going to lose momentum on this voting business for the remainder of the Biden uh, term. It may not. There's already a bipartisan group of senators trying to work on a different voting measure and, in fact, there is an article, I'll dig it out, that says the, the the dilemma for Democrats now is whether they'll try to sign on to a very different one with Republicans instead of this For the People Act, the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act, um, which has nothing to do with voting rights, has to do with voting processes. Now, Burger King, this horrible killing up in the Bronx, the illegal immigrant, and that is not mentioned very much in these stories, Winston Glenn, 30 years old, the accused killer, was led out of the police precinct up there in East Harlem. And this is somewhat unusual because residents of the neighborhood were out there to, to just heap all sorts of emotional venting on this killer. And so I just found it stunning, and perhaps you will too, I'm not surprised, but stunning, what this alleged killer yells to the crowd as he's let out. 
Where's our reparations for 400 years of effing slavery? He yells. This man accused of murdering an innocent 19-year-old girl. And then he looks at the crowd, F all of you. F you all. And then he shouted at the top of his lungs, this is all according to the New York Post, America is going to burn. So you have this, this person, not going to use any pejorative names even though they come to mind, who is alleged to have killed this, this innocent girl, and the crowd is calling him a POS, garbage and all the rest of it. He is here in the United States of America illegally from Jamaica. This is something that the Democrat Party not only gives a blessing to, but tells the rest of us who are concerned about immigration that we are wrong, that we are bigots, that we are xenophobes. And yet again, we have an illegal immigrant, or as they call them, a migrant, who is here living off taxpayer dollars, accused of this vicious criminality. And what does he say? Where's our reparations? Where's our reparations for 400 years of effing slavery? F you all, America is going to burn. Where does this mindset originate? Where does it come from? Of all the things to say, as you are being let out of a precinct charged with murder. Now, I'm going to take the liberty of saying that perhaps there is also some mental illness involved here in addition to everything else. I don't know. I don't know him. I don't know the story well enough to say he's mentally ill or there's something, but It's pretty amazing that those would be the words that come out of his mouth. Later on in the show today, our very own Princess Di will join us. We're going to talk about, oh, a few things, including including Fauci, Dr. Fauci. Did you know that the Joe Biden administration is keeping a database on religious people? Yeah, it's this this database. You know how they people have asked for religious exemptions from Joe Biden's federal jab mandate. According to a report by the Daily Signal, the pretrial services agency for the District of Columbia, an independent federal agency, who knew they even existed? Who knows what they do? has created the Employees Religious Exemption Request Information System database to track unvaxxed employees 
who who have the temerity to ask for religious exemptions from Biden's uh, federal COVID mandate shot. Of course, those federal mandates now in question, the Supreme Court ruled, yet on the big ocean one, part of Joe Biden's horrible week, This Marilyn Mosby case is going to be really interesting to watch. You know, you look at these federal prosecutors, and then you look at some of these prosecutors. You look at New York's AG, who seems to be all about, in my opinion, vengeance against President Trump and his family, political vengeance, and nothing to do with really the mission of protecting the people of New York City. And now you look at Baltimore, it's like, wow, who are these women? Why are they so, well, never mind. And then there's, there's Lightfoot out in Chicago. You know, that, that's, there's a story there, too. Your businesses are smashed and grabbed. She's the mayor of the city. So she goes to one of the businesses that was the, the, the suffered a smash and grab incident. She comes out, and this is the mayor. And she starts berating the, the business owner, calling him all kind of idiots. And then the city goes and starts trying to fine and, and, and further hurt the business owner with violations. It's... it's it, it's as what are these what do Democrats think? Why do they hate American business owners so much? Why do they hate American business businesses so much that in New York you have this our new district attorney in Manhattan who's willing to let criminals go back on the street so that they can continue to prey on businesses and and New York City residents. What is it about enforcing the law that Democrat leaders, Democrat elected officials, including including Democrat prosecutors, hate? Why do they want to see law abiding citizens suffer? Why do they want to see law abiding businesses suffer? Why do they side with criminals? What is it about being a Democrat, a progressive, that makes you hate a normal society, a normally functioning society, where people that actually do bad things are held accountable? And why do liberals keep electing these people? I don't know. Again, telephone number 848-WABC, 800-848-WABC, James Golden. We're coming back. We've got a lot more on our plate. We've got two. Well, we had two hours. We have less than two hours, but we're going to have fun. And we're going to discuss the serious issues of the day, too. It is our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Stay with us. A lot more to go. Welcome to the golden age of radio. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, is on 77 WABC. Games change and feels 
I don't know. I believe that faith has brought us here. And we should be together, babe. I do believe that faith has brought us here. And faith will continue to bring us into the future. Macy Grave comes us, brings us back here on WABC Talk Radio 77. James Golden, Bo Smirly with you here this morning. Listen, you know what? I have tried not to weigh in so much on this case of the Ivy League swimmer, Leah Thomas, who is a bio... I'm sorry. Okay, let me just do the disclaimer here. I have nothing against people that are transgendered and that people that have suffered from some dysphoria who... Uh, who I, I don't know what... I don't understand all of it, quite frankly, meaning even though I I can relate by reading it that, that it is an issue that sometimes comes up in early childhood. I just don't quite understand it all the way that it plays out sometimes in these public cases. But I am increasingly frustrated with this one case, as I read it from Leah Thomas, this swimmer at the University of Pennsylvania, a new report says that Leah Thomas has created a toxic environment for the school's women's swim team. She is now comparing herself to Jackie Robinson. She's the Jackie Robinson of trans sports. Now, she completed, she competed previously at on Penn State's men's team for three years. She wasn't an outstanding swimmer on the men's team. She transitioned into a female, a scientific female, and again, I'm not saying that pejoratively. She has transgendered and says she's female. Although the... To, I, if you are born a biological man, you can... Anyway. She is now comparing herself to Jackie Robinson. She says she's like the Jackie Robinson of transgender sports. She's shattering all kind of records. But, of course, the biological women on this team are are finding themselves losing to someone who just a few short years ago they would not have had to compete with at all because she was a man. And apparently her teammates are saying that she laughs about it. She mocks the situation. Instead of caring or showing that she cares about what she's doing, what she's doing to her teammates, she's not sympathetic or empathetic at all. She never addresses the team. She never asked whether it was okay. She never asked how we, the females on the team, felt about all of this. She never tries to explain how she feels. 
She's never said anything. She never addresses anything with the rest of the team. Now, I guess there's nothing that requires her to be a a good, quote-unquote, teammate. All she does, said one of these teammates, is make comments to people like, at least I'm still number one in the country. Well, parents are also getting involved and upset in these cases more and more across the country where their biological daughters, for the most part, are being asked to compete with men who have turned into females if that is scientifically possible. And if, I don't know, I have offered a solution, what I think the solution should be, which is that it's a simple solution, actually, just have a separate line of competition for those who are trans. And problem solved. But there's a lot of friction here, and I think that there's a lot of resentment that is not just among the parents and the children. I think a lot of people in our society are resenting being forced to accept ideas and concepts that they don't agree with and concepts that they think are servicing a political agenda rather than a human agenda, meaning caring about the people involved here. Oh, come on. Give me that call, and come on, let's just deal with this right now. Give me the call that you just took. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurdy on WABC Talk Radio 77. Good morning, Victor. Good morning, James. Um... My question, why do you refer to this swimmer as her? You know, uh, I wouldn't give him any credence by calling it her. First of all, I don't like this business about calling it anything it. One of the things that we need to do is not be so divisive here. I'm not trying to be divisive. That's number one, my answer to your question. I'm reading you the news story as it said, and it said her, and I was very Mm -hmm. plain that I believe that that Leah Thomas is a biological male. But I also don't want to offend people. And does that sound whiny? Does it sound chumpy? Does it sound like a punk? No. No. I'm not trying to sit here and make people and, and use this as a way to inflame people. I think the wrong thing is being done here. I think that we need some clear lines in society about this canceling, of people that don't think different. I think that there's a a tyranny of the minority going on right now where you can have a situation where uh, these transgender athletes are now forcing society to adopt to their beliefs rather than to fit into society. And so I believe all of that. But I also believe that there is something real about this dysphoria. And I'm going to say again, I just don't understand it. But that doesn't mean it's not real. And I'm not going to go down this road of calling people that are transgendered it's 
or them. I'm not doing that. I, I'm going to try to treat people with as much respect as I can treat people and at the same time hold on to my own principles and my beliefs. And I do believe that transgendered athletes should just have, have their own cat. Have your own category and compete. And and there wouldn't be a problem. And we wouldn't have to be roiled up. And I can can you imagine what, what some of these young ladies that are competing here that never now will never have a chance to advance their own athletic careers? Can you imagine the kind of anguish that they're going through? Right. Absolutely correct. Yeah. Well, anyway, thanks for the call, Victor. Appreciate it. WABC James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley. We're coming back with you. That a lot more. Straight ahead. Now, here's the soul of excellence. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley, on 77 WABC. It doesn't matter if you love him or capital H-I-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-M-
an epidemic unique to the United States, an epidemic, I'm struggling not to say what I want to say here, an epidemic unique to the United States where on average at least one child is shot every hour of the day. How many are reported? Um, okay, so according to the Washington Post, the Washington Post has discovered that children are being killed. Now, of course, their focus is on guns. Their focus is not on the culture of death. That's their, their very own Democrat Party and their own progressive ideals have put before the nation. Yes, it is true. There's nothing new here, Washington Post. Thank you for discovering that American children are being killed in massive numbers. We, some of us, have been talking about this for years. The fact that every weekend is a killing field in American cities like Chicago. That every weekend, numbers of black kids, numbers of white kids, numbers of Asian kids, numbers of kids in unsafe communities are threatened every single weekend. Their lives are threatened because of the culture that exists in these cities all across the country. The death every weekend in Chicago. Yesterday there was a story about the first two of the weekend, two teenagers. Not in the same shootings, different ones. Look at this young lady that just had her life snuffed out in the Bronx. There's another story in Phoenix. Another fast food worker, young teenager killed. Look at what goes on as part of this culture that you find so acceptable. This culture. The culture of of gangsterism that pervades, oh, we can't say it because it's racist, but that pervades black communities across the country. You see the pictures every single week. James talks about it almost every single week, and I'm sorry if some of you are getting bored with it. But you see the pictures, all you have to do is look at when people print the pictures of what goes on in America, it doesn't even have to be said. You see the pictures. And you will never see all of them that come out of Chicago every weekend. You'll never see all of the pictures out of Detroit, out of Phoenix, out of Philadelphia, out of our very own New York City. Because it's an ugly truth. And the Democrats, see, this is why Democrats are failing. They're sitting here telling Americans that it's all those evil Republicans, evil Republicans who want to stop you from voting. And yet you got Joe Biden running around in Georgia with Kamala Harris comparing Republicans to old Democrats of the 1960s. And of the Confederacy. Got old Joe Biden and Kamala Harris running down to Georgia. Saying that unless you vote for this John Lewis bill, which is, by the way, did you know that there is campaign finance give back for Democrats in that bill? 
Did you know that that if you if people had signed on to this bill, you'd be giving Democrats campaign cash, matching campaign funds that would make them wealthy, their campaigns wealthy. This bill never had anything to do about voting rights in black people. It has everything to do with Democrats trying to continue to be elected. It is a power grab, and that's all it ever was. So you have Joe Biden and Democrats running around saying all these evil Republicans, they have 400 laws, 400 laws to restrict the voting. And, of course, you have a lying and corrupt press in this country that won't tell you what is actually in the bills. They just repeat these silly, stupid-ass talking points that Republicans want to repress your vote. Well, no, that's not what's going on here. Republicans do not want to stop black people from voting. Republicans want to protect their own vote against the thievery that goes on in Democrat cities. That's all they're trying to do. Roll back some of this insanity that says you can't ask people for ID. Roll back some of this insanity that says you have to have this ballot harvesting business where we don't know where these ballots are coming from. And Democrats make this the issue of the day. They send old Joe and Kamala down to Georgia. The deep in Georgia is to call Republicans that live all throughout the South and that live in the Midwest a bunch of racists. Well, you're either going to be on the side of George Wallace or you're going to, no, you're not. George Wallace, Democrat, no, you're not. Compare people to Jefferson Davis. Okay, but guess what? It's not a real issue. Because if it were a real issue, black people in every single one of these cities would be out in the street saying, why are you restricting our right to vote? It's a real issue. Is it every single weekend these black kids in these cities are being killed? What's a real issue is that right now, this is a real issue, folks. Don't get mad at James for it. Here's a real issue. That for the last three years, Democrats have been flooding the zone with money for families under this child tax credit, and now the money's gone. Now, you know, just like everybody else, that if you get money and you continue to get money for weeks and weeks, you incorporate it into your budget and you spend So now you have raging inflation out there. And now these parents that have been depending on, there are 30 million families that have been depending on these new welfare checks from the government, and the money stopped this weekend. They're not worried about Republicans suppressing their vote. They're worried about how they're going to pay for food this weekend. And now you have the Washington Post noticing, noticing, finally, that in American cities, children are dying with this violence, with this culture of violence that Democrats and progressives refuse to address, even though it is all throughout progressive and Democrat cities. Congratulations, New York. 
Times, congratulations, New York Post. No one on either of your editorial board will live in any of the neighborhoods affected by this. But congratulations for noticing that there has been a culture of death in these Democrat and progressive neighborhoods. Congratulations. Somebody must have finally pulled your coat and said, hey, guess what? There are kids dying out there. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snelly, back with your calls after this. Bo knows politics and so much more. A true connection to real New York on 77 WABC. Ah, yes. Sting brings us back on WABC Talk Radio 77. Man has written so many brilliant hits. He was a literature teacher. Um, and, you know, just a brilliant lyricist, brilliant composer. I am trying to rediscover poetry. I know that sounds silly. I've been going back through these incredibly old books that I've had since I was a kid. Once in a Blue Moon when I have time, rereading some of America's and also uh, some of Europe's great poets. It just, I, I don't know, it's, I'm having a hard time getting back into it with the same enthusiasm that I once had for it, but the writing is still, of course, brilliant. So many other things to just think about these days. Anyway, uh, let's head back to the telephones. Allison Westchester, welcome to WABC Talk Radio 77. You're on with James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly. Hi, I'm calling about the uh, trans swimmer issue, um, or the trans athletes, I should say. Yes. Uh, I admire your um, kindness and being, you know, ex- extending um, a, a kindness uh, and not wanting to be judgmental. Um, I'm a lesbian, and I just I, I only say that so folks out there know that not everybody in the LGBT you know community uh, just you know drinks the Kool Aid. Uh, I'm staunchly against this, and I have a hard time being kind to people who are so selfish. And I would just say to anyone who doesn't think that this is absolutely insane and unfair. You know, what if I tomorrow decided I, I identify as a five-year-old, and who are you to tell me I can't compete in little league sports? You know, I mean, it's it's a joke, and the fact that because you know people don't want to be bullied and people don't want to be labeled transphobic, we're just rubber stamping this. Just shows you know how dangerous bullies can really be. Allison, when did you realize that you were a lesbian? Honestly, from the time I was a kid, you know. You, so um, you knew all along. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And and I, I tried to fight against it as a teenager and date guys, and, you know, it's, it is who I am. I mean, but it's one small part of who I am. I don't walk around saying, you know, hi, I'm Allison, and I'm a lesbian. I could care less. It's like, it's not it's not even a significant right. issue to me. Right. It's your individual sexuality. Right. Yeah. Now, what do you it's, think? It's, what, what do you think we should do as a society to get past this, Allison? Well, we should grow up and we should understand that, you know, not everything is a black and white uh, open and shut case. And that, like, as you say, 
the simple solution to this is to create their own league. Uh, you know, and we should stop being, you know, children and babies and just looking for things to fight with each other about and just grow up. Oh, God, what common sense. I mean, that's just that's it. And move on. We've got so many other things to deal with in life. Yes. Why? Absolutely. Why all this? Why all this divisiveness? Why try to force people to just bend to everyone to your will? Exactly. I mean, as far as the the restaurants and, you know, uh, places not wanting to build or, excuse me, bake cakes for gay weddings, as far as I'm concerned, it's the United States of America. And if they want to do that, let them. I don't have to shop there. You know, like, just let people live their lives. If you're not hurting someone else, that's all that matters. And we are so hell-bent in this country with fighting with each other about everything under the sun nowadays. And I'm sorry, but that's, to me, coming from the left wing, not the right wing. Thank you, Allison. I so appreciate your call. I hope you call us back. Thank you. Great call. Uh, let's uh, let's let's see if we can have another have another call here. Joe in Brookhaven. How are you? Hey, good morning. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm good, Joe. Good morning. WABC Talk Radio 77. You're on with James Golden and Mr. Snurley. What's on your mind, Joe? Well, one, I want to say you're you're a real gentleman. It's such a pleasure to listen to you, and you're very brilliant. I, I, have, I don't agree with everything, but it, uh, you're a man of conviction, and I love that, and I really respect that about you. Guy, I, would, I didn't know you were alive. I would have called early. Going back to uh, the murderer up in the uh, killed that The alleged down. murderer. We don't know. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm yeah, yeah, come on. I know. We, we, we know, but we got to say. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I get it. And then he came out and he said, "What uh, with the reparations and America's going to burn?" And where does he get that uh, talking point as coming as an illegal immigrant and, and a, uh, I guess a Jamaican man? But I say it's from I, I, uh, the race pimps, the Al Sharptons, Louis Farrakhan's. They've been talking about reparations, Al Sharptons. I can remember back to 1984 to Tawana Brawley when he and he, they've gotten very very rich off of this. Uh, talking points, dividing white against black, dividing Americans. And I want to say it's on MSNBC, Kamala Harris, Bakari Sellers, Joy Reid, Don Lemon, uh, you can go on. They've all gone to Ivy League schools, great universities, uh, Barack Obama, Michelle Obama. Look at where this comes. They've gone to Harvard. They've gone to UCLA. Uh, They're real suffering. They're well-educated, Ivy League schools. And yet they uh, put out this propaganda every night uh, with this uh, pitting us against each other, good Americans. And they extorted these uh, corporations, $900 million they donated. Uh, Kamala Harris, they're going to come into the suburbs, black uh, BLM. They're going to come in. And these corporations sent them $900 million. They've got filthy rich, and it's become a big business, and it's a small percentage. Because most people love each other. You're a great American. I judge everybody. Of course, I'm a white male out here in Long Island. But I judge everybody just as you. And Martin Luther King was a hero of mine growing up by the content of their character. Thank I goodness. I mean, Joe, thank you for the call. And, man, I, I think you, what you're saying resonates with so many, with so many people. Look, most of us don't have time for hatred in our lives. Most of us want to enjoy life. Most of us 
that listen to this program, and by the way, that could my Democrat friends, rank and file, elected official Democrats, you're another story. Um, we want to have a country that is offers the best for all of us. We want our children to be safe. We want our children to grow up in a land where they can work, be productive, prosper, and pass along the blessing of being an American to future generations. Most of us don't have time for this divisive hatred that consumes the left. Hatred of America. Here you have this situation, this this illegal immigrant to this country living on American taxpayers has the audacity when arrested for killing an innocent 19-year-old girl to step out in front of the crowd and after telling F you all, where where are reparations? Where are our reparations for 400 years of slavery? Where... The mindset that we are dealing with, this anger and rage against America, America is going to burn. This hatred for the American way of life, and yet these people who hate America so much, these progressives, as the last call pointed out, benefit, are beneficiaries of the greatness of America. My friends, the Democrat Party, the progressives, are trying their best to bring America to its knees. These people must be defeated politically. They must be driven from office politically. They must be driven from positions of power. This new district attorney in Manhattan is a prime example. Everything that's going on, what does he come out and do? He issues a memo saying that it's time to give the criminals a break. It's time that we stop sending criminals to jail, that we let them prey on the community. And he is the one that is supposedly in charge of protecting the community. The entire farce of progressivism has to be shut down. And we have to do it. We can't leave this, and if we do think we're going to leave it to a bunch of rhino Republicans, guess what? It will never happen. And let me tell you why. They aren't, they are in it for themselves too. Now, Make America great again. Remember that phrase? This is what upset them so much. We had a president who instinctively understood this. Who was about restoring the prosperity of Americans. Who was about wrapping himself in the idea that America is still the greatest nation on earth. And we can restore our own greatness as a nation by abandoning these progressive traps that bring us more and more division and that hurt us economically and, more importantly, hurt the morale of this nation. 
and look at the vitriol and hatred that the left poured on Donald Trump almost from the very beginning for wanting to secure our borders, for wanting to secure our economy, and for wanting to secure a better lifestyle and to support American businesses. This is what we're up against. Now, what do we do? The first thing that we do is take the House of Representatives back from these people in 2022. That's number one. We take it back. We take the United States Senate back from these progressives. And then in 2024, we take back the White House. That's the focus. And we put this nation back on track. WABC Talk Radio 77, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly. Another full hour to go. Princess Di will join us in the next hour. Don't you dare go away. 800-848-WABC is the number to call. Yes, one more hour. Be here. Nerdly on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. And thank you for being with us for hour number three. The first hour was yesterday, four in the afternoon. Hour number two, you just heard. We are now hour number three into our weekend extravaganza. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, with you here on WABC. Talk Radio 77, hoping that your presence here is indeed very pleasant. You can reach us, 800-848-WABC. 800-848-92. We're still trying to find our royal music for our princess, Diana. You know, Diana gave us last week uh, uh, the heads up that Joe Biden had had her own music. She, you know, got, we had hail to the chief and she wanted a hail to the chiefette. So she has her own music. And of course, we had a lot of fun with it because what they came up with sounds like a variation of F Troop. Uh, so that was kind of funny. So Princess Di, welcome. We're, I'm still, I'm still searching through my vast musical library to try to find something befitting of your royalness, your highness. Oh, that is so sweet. I would love my own theme song. <laughs> yes, we're, we're going to do it. I just have to fight. You know, it's just got to have the right amount of pomp, the right amount of circumstance. <laughs> well, oh, the circumstance goodness. of talking to you is all I need right now. <laughs> Diana, I feel like I'm going crazy, you know. Oh, dear. Yeah, I know I do because I keep looking at these things saying, uh, Diana, I hadn't. Now you know I tore this 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 whole election John Lewis Voting Rights Act apart a few times, and and then I keep finding more and more stuff, like this campaign finance thing they put in, that would basically give Democrat campaigns all across the country millions and millions of more dollars. 
And how the hell does that protect anybody's voting rights? <laughs> well, welcome to discovering that everything the Democrats put through as law gives them money somehow in the fine print. That's all it is. It's a money laundering operation. That's what Congress is to the Democrat Party and Republicans. Yes, one must say that, too. Um, okay, so Senator Fauci start, was the other day was caught on the hot mic calling the senator a freaking moron. Jeez, what a moron. <laughs> yes, well, I wouldn't call him Senator Fauci. <laughs> I think well, that's what I mean. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, 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 I'm sorry. That was a slip of the tongue. President Fauci. No, I think that was Freudian because he does yeah. believe he has all the power of the Senate and the executive branch. Right. President Fauci the other day called the <laughs> senator a moron. Yes. Oh, my goodness. It's, it, it has blown back at him. Uh, I had not been familiar with Dr. Roger Marshall. He's the senator from Kansas, and he questioned... Dr. Fauci on Tuesday in a congressional hearing, and it was amazing. If you watch the video, how fast Fauci got hot under the collar. The senator was asking about his finances, and instantly Fauci got furious and says, why are you asking me this? I don't understand it. It's all public knowledge. Well, it turns out it wasn't public knowledge. And Dr. Roger Marshall, the senator from Kansas, got hold of the actual financial disclosure forms and then leaked them. He was mad that Fauci basically called him a name and was uncooperative in the in the hearing. And so he got the information and he said Fauci, he called Fauci a liar in, in effect, and then published the disclosure forms. And I'm telling you, the whole time I'm reading this story, I'm hearing a soundtrack of Pink Floyd's money, 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 money. <laughs> <laughs> like, this should be the soundtrack for all Democrats who are just in it for the money. You're talking about the Democrat constituencies, the new robber baron class, Hunter Biden, the big guy Biden, the Pelosi's, the Clintons, all these, quote, public servants who are becoming millionaires. Now, Fauci's disclosure form says he and his wife are worth $10 million. And that is on the legal accounts that we know about, these Schwab accounts. Now, you know, if he's typical of Democrats, there are probably other accounts that we don't know about. But just the legal accounts, $10 million this guy has as being a public servant. Now, you know, he is the highest paid federal employee. He gets $434,000 more than the president does, who gets $400,000. And so he's been a, a public servant in that position as head of NIAID, the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, for a long time, decades so according to the article in the UK Daily Mail, this, this, this $10 million that he and his wife have accumulated is mostly from his income as an employee. But you know he's got all kinds of other money. And that, that has been – there's been a lot of conspiracy theories as to his conflicts of interest when it comes to medications and vaccines and such. But yeah, and gain-of-function research that. and all of that, yeah. 
Yeah, we don't know that, but that has been long a theory. But I do think it's interesting, as I said, we have this new Robert Barron class of the establishment, the political establishment, mostly Democrats, but there are quite a few Republicans involved. And then at the same time, you have this new predatory class that you've been talking about, that both of these classes are preying on us. You've got the smash and grab people, you've got the Soros DA people, and they have a similar philosophy. The rules are for me, not for or for for but thee, for not for me. Right. right. I deserve it. I want it. I take it. I'm getting paid, including reparations. But this is the same philosophy by the the rich Democrats as to the quote unquote lower class Democrats who believe that they just can take what they want. And these these people are growing up like thorns among us. And it's a lawless group, as you've been talking about. And it it does really pose a danger to American society because you cannot have lawlessness and have America prosper. The Washington Post ran a story that they thought and they believe that they believe is damaging to Republicans and elections. And when I read this story, I'm like, I can't believe they actually printed this. And they, they think this is going to hurt Republicans. The story, the story is that election officials in Texas have rejected hundreds of ballot applications under that state's new regulations. And it's like... Oh, no. (laughs) And this is in Travis County, the huge Democrat partisan county where Democrats have run everything into the ground for decades. Yes, that's where Austin is. And they have now a high rejection rate, almost half in Travis County, which is, as I say, where Austin is. The Democrats rule there. And they are, the Washington Post is is horrified that there's a new standard. And when you read what the standards are, it's like, okay, there's criminal penalties for violating voting laws. Oh, man, we can't have that. And it, the restrictions, the voter suppression aspect, it allows more access for, quote, partisan poll watchers. In other words, Republicans can be there and see what the cheating is going on. And this is now seen as voter suppression. And the other thing is it bans the new law bans 24 hour and drive through voting. So these are, you know, mainstream ideas. They are not they are not suppressing anybody. The ballot by mail applications must include the driver's license number or the last four digits of the Social Security number. And that has to comport with the data on file. That's what's causing the high rejection rate, because people mailing in the applications have the wrong driver's license number. Well, that's a little suspicious, isn't it? Well, yes. I mean, it's just like, wait a minute. You're saying that that half of, half of the stuff we send in is being thrown out, and it begs the question, Yeah, is this stuff legitimate in the first place? Exactly right. This this is, you know, highly suspicious. And, you know, they the Washington Post expects us to be outraged and horrified that, you know, there's an actual standard and that the applications aren't matching the standard. And the standard is reasonable. Now, the Department of Justice has filed suit 
They claim this Texas law disenfranchises, of course, that's their key word, eligible voters. I don't see how. And it violates the Civil Rights Act of 1964. I don't know how. I don't see how that even applies to, you know, putting your driver's license number on an application or the last four digits of your Social Security, which we all do all the time for everything. So this is what I, I think, and I spoke, we, we spoke about this yesterday, Diana. I think Democrats don't even realize how close to the edge of the cliff they are on some of this stuff. Um, if, 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 if Republicans, the evil Republicans, as, as I said during the first hour, were really trying to, to hurt black people, and let, let me just, let, let's just think about that for a minute, Diana. You know Republicans. I know Republicans. Now, some of the men are like Ken dolls. They don't have anything there when you take off the clothes. It's just a void. There's no, there's no cojones. But, 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 they don't sit around the table saying, hey, guys, how can we hurt black people today? Hey, guys, how can we hurt the Hispanics today? What most people in this country want is to be left the hell alone. They're like, how can we make sure that our vote counts? They're not trying to suppress anybody else's vote. There's no scheme to hurt black people and hurt black people with voting. So this whole thing has been built on BS to begin with. Now, here's what's not. On the other hand, it works. I remember before I became politically aware that, you know, when I was 18 trying to register to vote, I asked myself, well, which party? I didn't know anything. And basically, well, I'm for the little guy and the Republicans are for the rich and they're racist. And so I, you know, I was really believing this successful propaganda lie about the Republicans. And the reason that the Democrats use it is because it has worked so long for so many millions of voters. But like everything else, it gets tired. Yeah. Okay. And now we've heard for years and years that the Republicans are so evil. And yet and still, you. It's, so now we're told that the biggest thing in the world is that Republicans are so evil, they're like Democrats. They become so evil, they're like Democrats. They're like George Wallace, Democrat. They're like Jefferson Davis, Democrat. They're so evil. They become like Democrats, and they don't like black people. Okay, so you get you get old Kamala Harris, and then you get old Joe going down to Georgia, and they're going to talk all this smack, and and this crowd behind them is just like barely paying attention, and they finish with this speech. It's all full of hatred, hatred and vitriol toward Republicans, but my take is that. Nobody around the country really cares about this. They're looking at this, and they see it as, oh, here we go with this stuff again. They don't believe it. It, They don't Right. Go ahead. The other thing is that the headline from that event in the Atlanta speech, in which Biden says he was tired of being quiet, if Stacey Abrams didn't even show up. So that is evidence for your thesis that this is not pulling. This is not working because she ordinarily would be representative of that point of view. 
in of that that their suppression and whatever and that was the speech Biden gave and she wasn't anywhere near it she had a scheduling conflict i mean she didn't even try to come up with a reasonable it was a diss it was a snub she's basically saying i had to do my nails or i i had you know basically had to count the egg drawer or whatever she didn't even want to be anywhere near biden so this message is falling flat even with the people that it's supposedly uh, trying to attract. Now, this to me, and you're the one that made me more aware of this, okay, because you talked the other day about what really is on people's mind is the inflation, what's really on mind is dealing with the stuff in their pocketbooks, and while all of this is going on, now, Diane, I'm not a fan, not a fan of the monthly child tax credit payments, okay, don't even understand how Congress really did this and just said, okay, Here's another welfare dive. Let's pour billions more into it. But they did it. Okay, so you do it. And now you know what happens when you start giving people money, right? So for for two years now, families have been getting these checks in the mail. And so what do you do when you get the check? You cash it, you spend it. It becomes part of your lifestyle. It becomes part of the way you do things. So 30 million families have been getting these monthly payments, And while these Democrats are out talking about, oh, these evil Republicans want to stop you from voting, the money dried up. And you've got parents all around the country now that used to get that were used to getting these these welfare checks. Excuse me if people find that pejorative, but that's what they were. They were getting these welfare checks and all of a sudden there's no more welfare. That's to me what more families are worried about this weekend. Would you agree with that? I agree because, you know, unfortunately, once uh, the money starts coming, one depends on it. And that's why the Democrats have wanted more dependency in this country. And now this was supposed to be fixed in the BBB, the Build Back Better bill that Biden failed on. So they are at a shortfall. However, what you just said has not been covered anywhere. And so there's this seething discontent increasing out there among people who really counted on that money. And that is not being reported on as a reason. You've got the empty shelves, which is barely being reported on, the supply chain problems. You've got all of the evidence of of economic, I wouldn't say collapse, but but, you know, a souffle falling in. And, you know, that is what the pocketbook is what is upsetting people. And that is not being reported on. In fact, the reporting is why are people so mad at Biden? Basically, the the media is just nonplus. They're puzzled as to why his rating is so low and especially why his rating is so low in the Hispanic community. That is the thing that worries them most. Well, they better be worried. 2020 is, we, we are in 2022 season, and yeah. they had better be worried. Diana Princess Die, thank you so much. Uh, we will thank connect you. with you during uh, the week, Your Highness, Your Majesty. Hopefully the next time you join us, I'm going to have your royal music, and we'll do a big unveiling. Wonderful. And don't forget that money, money, money for Democrats. I think we should run that every time we have a Democrat money story. <laughs> I love it. Thank you, Princess Di. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurdy, we're back with you in a moment. Don't go away. Entertaining and informative. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, is on the air. 77 WABC. You've given me a true love. 
Ah, yes, Diana Ross. And the Supremes. On WABC. Welcome to your Saturday, James Golden, a.k.a. Bosner, with you. 24 degrees outside right now, warm and cozy here on the inside. Head back to the telephones. Artie's been waiting from Hartford, Connecticut. Artie, welcome, WABC, with James Golden. What's on your mind this morning, Artie? Hey, God bless you. Thank you. God bless you, too, Artie. You're a, a sticking nigger. Thank you. Do you have anything else to contribute to it this morning? Yes. I, Go ahead. I know. Listen, I know you're garbage. You, you're the, mm-hmm. you work with Rush Limbaugh. Oh, and so now you call me a stinking nigger, and you say that I work with Rush Limbaugh. And, yes, I did, and I'm very proud to work with Rush Limbaugh. And, Artie, I hope that God blesses you somehow so that the hatred in your heart can be healed, and that you can rejoin those of us who want to have a decent society. And by the way, it's a little bit early for that first nip, don't you think? Uh, Where do we go next on the phones? Let's go to Frank in Boston. Oh, my goodness. How could I follow that? Oh, well, come on. He's a liberal. I was going to call you and say I was intimidated by how wonderful you and Diana and your two speakers had been in the first hour. And then we got this guy. (laughs) Oh, come on. We have to look. Liberals are liberals. We have to just be patient with them. They're they're liberals. So, Frank, welcome. Thank you. Uh, I called you mainly because I was so depressed by all the the bad news you've had for us in the last 10 days or so. About 10 days ago, though, you did a wonderful clip of four or five of Elvis Presley's early music. Which, which I had forgotten how wonderful it was. But it made me think back that when he started, he released an album of gospel music, and it was just extraordinary. I have the vinyl. I have that vinyl. Of Elvis's, yes, that is a beautiful album. And you know who we might, Rich, Rich Radabali, our producer during the week, played that. And he reminded us that during the Ed Sullivan presentation, Elvis did like this wind-up of all his hits that were on the market then. Of course, it was a waist-up, um, which was funny. They didn't want to show Elvis gyrating from the waist down. But then he ended with a gospel song. And that's when Ed Sullivan's, what a fine young man. Oh, yes, it, it it was. You know, my father turned that program off halfway through. He didn't want me watching it. Really? Yeah, you remember yeah. that? Uh, yes, yeah, and do you remember who else? Well, I can tell you who it was. Tell me. The other woman on there was Deborah Paget, who was a big female star at the time. And she was gyrating also. There was a lot of shaking going on. And a whole that. lot of shaking and rolling going on there. Do you remember... The, do you remember the Ed Sullivan? There were two Ed, two other Ed Sullivan shows that I remember as to me being just like, okay, this, they're, to me they were monumental shows. Of course, Ed Sullivan when the Beatles came. Do you, did you watch that yes. show? Yes, yes, I did. And what? 
And I kind of said, I don't understand why this is this is so popular in Great Britain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> I knew that they were a hit. Now the other one you may not remember, but I remember this. Do you remember when Sly and the Family Stone came on Ed Sullivan for the first time? No. Okay, let me tell you something. That one is worth it if you can find it on YouTube or whatever. Sly and the Family Stone turned that show out, and they did something that no other performers did. Sly and the Family Stone, during the set, went out into the audience and started performing in with the audience in the audience section, and it I'd never seen it before. The cameras followed them. And the audience was looking like, what do we do? What do we do? But it was just the most incredible performance. And Sly and the Family Stone, I mean, they just took off. What an amazing group they were. They changed musical history, too. Uh, but those were the three that I remember. The Elvis, the Elvis one, I don't remember seeing that at the moment. I saw it later. The Beatles, of course, I remember. And then Sly and the Family Stone. But I enjoyed the Elvis tribute, and I enjoyed listening to early Elvis just as much as you oh, do. Probably, it, it, it was one. You know, he had a he had a band of, of gospel people that he used to bring along with him to his various shows. Just for, he used to warm up by singing gospel songs at the beginning and in, in the uh, st- before he went out on stage. Boy, one could, other very quick thing, if 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 I could, sure. You just you just referred to it this morning. I got as mad at that reference to Jackie Robinson by this person. I mean, Jackie Robinson is one of the great Americans. Now, I wish you would sometimes educate the younger people in your, in your audience as to how extraordinary that man was. Jackie Robinson was truly an extraordinary human being. And thank you, thank you for bringing that up, because this was a man, his athletic prowess aside, he was just an extraordinary, he had just an extraordinary character, as he did athletic character. And by the way, I just want to give a shout out to one of my to one of my friends out there, Keith Hernandez. Did you hear he's going to have his number retired? Fourth oh, good, Met. Good. He yes, deserve, he deserves it. Keith is just such a great guy, and congratulations, Keith Hernandez. Okay, thank you for the call. Uh, thank you so much for the call, Frank in Boston. Call us again. Appreciate it, James Golden, aka Bo Sterling. We've got more of your calls coming up. Don't go away. WABC. Welcome to the golden age of radio. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, is on 77 WABC. Saturday morning, WABC. Sly and the Family Stone, thank you for letting me be myself. Phone calls coming up here on our Saturday morning. Extravaganza. Yes. Larry Graham on bass.
Let's go to John in Westchester, WABC Talk Radio 77. Hey, John, welcome. How are you this morning? Good morning, Mr. Snurley. How are you today? I'm doing well, thank you. You got me dancing in the car here on my way back from Florida to that music, and you're keeping me awake. Cool. Enjoy your show. And uh, I just want to say I was appalled by that second-ago caller's horrible comment. Oh, the one that called me a... See, wait a minute, because yeah, we so dumped might, out. We Some yeah, some people didn't so hear it, might, so they don't know what you're referring to. So give me a second. Let me explain to everybody what happened. The guy called me a stinking nigger, and we jumped out of it. And it's like, oh, okay, he sounded like he had started his day already, you know, with a little bit of... <laughs> um, so, you know, I it's like, okay, whatever. God bless him. I hope he has a better day from here on in. And that kind of stuff is not going to rattle me. So, so John, thank you for saying that. Go ahead. But in your in your position, you got to expect all crazies. But you, my friend, are a class act, and you have an open invitation to my humble home anytime. Well, thank you. That's very nice of you. Yeah. Now, the purpose of my call was, I think, uh, all this craziness going on in the world today. Um, I'm, you may have heard, but I'm sure the listeners would enjoy. Paul Harvey had an incredible little uh, thing that he played on the radio, If I Were the Devil. And uh, I actually played it for my kids a couple of weeks ago, and we just sat at the kitchen table on a Sunday evening and talked about what was contained in that poem, basically. And if you want to get back into poetry, there's a great way to get back into it. You know, I, you you know I, it has been years since I've heard that. And... It, it is true. And, and by the way, there was a truly brilliant piece by one of the geniuses in our business, Paul Harvey. And I don't know whether we have permission to play it, but I'm going to ask our, 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 our weekday producer, Jen Grodd, if she can, if we can, number one, get permission to play it. And if we can, we will have it for you next Saturday. And thank you for bringing that up, because that was really quite incredible. Go ahead, John. And if you just think about what he played it was really decades ago i think but how it is so pertinent to today and everything that you talk about each week he so succinctly says in that in that poem uh i I think everybody would enjoy it if you're able to do it that would be great john thank you and enjoy your drive be safe on the roads out there it's going to be cold and by the way we've got weather conditions moving in to new york over the weekend that everybody ought to be aware of and so you need to check the weather before you head out. I'm not doing a Ralph Northam. Listen, we gave y'all warning. If you get stuck on the road for 24 hours, 25 hours, that's your fault. I'm going to go home and put on some more blackface now. Anyway, um, no, be safe on the roads. This is going to be some treacherous driving conditions up and down the eastern seaboard this weekend. So please be safe. Ralph. Uh, we're going to get to you. First, I want to get to Judy in New York City. Judy, welcome, WABC. Uh, yes, sir. I have a question for you. Do you think that uh, the voter rights bill that uh, I guess allows everyone to vote, anyone and everyone, including busloads of same-day registration voters, do you think that this bill is actually a citizen voter rights repression bill uh since uh, interesting uh, 
It's very uh, interesting that you would say that, Judy, because, yes, what it does is suppress the rights of American citizens to have and make sure that their vote, that their vote is being counted fairly. What it allows right. for is for people who have not presented identification, for people that have not been able to meet the standards of usual voting. For instance, you heard in Austin, Texas, like matching up their ballots with what they have registered for already. So it is what it is doing. It is suppressing the actual votes of citizens who have obeyed by the law. That's quite the interesting way to put it. Yes, Judy, you're brilliant. Uh, Okay. I just, uh, uh, wanted to remind people that, uh, uh, you know, maybe this is really a population redistribution, redistricting. Uh, uh, it's the Democrats and- doing what they do. There's one word that could be a catch-all phrase, but I'm not going to use the word cheat because I don't want to go there. Thank you for yeah. the call. Appreciate it. Mike Gracie is in Rockland County. Mike Gracie, good morning. How are you? Good morning, my boat. Listen, you know, I when I heard that, so I didn't hear, you know, uh, the last thing he said. But when somebody says something about Rush, I go crazy. That's number one. Why? Because I'm sure, and this is what I say to people who ever criticize him, is have you actually heard him? Don't listen to hearsay. Listen to the actual man, all right? I, you know how I felt about Rush. I was a soccer mom before 1988. Once I heard him by accident, the, the radio never came off. And thank you, thank you for following in his footsteps with your intelligence, with your grace, with your poise, with your gentleness. That's number one. Number two, uh, uh, how about God save the queen for Princess Di? Because she's, oh, all, she's my even more... Goodness. What, hon? I love that idea. Well, it was really my husband, Ron. He has very good ideas. Even though he was a liberal until he retired and he, uh, and he was home listening to my rush every day at 12 o'clock. And then he became more of a conservative than me. We're going to have to find the right version. And we yes. will definitely put that into the mix. So far, that's the lead contender. And also, listen, that music, I was dancing, too, on my wood floors. I was tapping away. (laughs) And I'll I'll see you Monday at 4 o'clock. Thank you, Gracie. Love you, my darling. Gracie from Rockland Compton. Thank you so much. Let's go to New Jersey and Ralph. Ralph, welcome. WABC, how are you? Thank thank you both for taking my call. Haters will always hate, and you just move on and don't pay any mind to them because that's probably Joseph Biden, you know, uh, and uh, what he claimed over in Georgia as, uh, you know, uh, some kind of like a segregation uh, situation, which which is not true. Okay, And Mm -hmm. this man, Joseph Biden, and Anthony Fauci, they leave a lot to be decided in the way they're handling this virus, okay? So we need to completely, totally, today, decide that we will do this, bro, 
completely, totally boycott the Olympics in China. It's raging on like wildfire right there, right now, okay? So and, you want to boycott you know, the Olympics in China as of now. Let's just forget about it. You know what I want? And, Ralph, I'm glad you brought that up. Here's what I want, Ralph, and thank you for waiting. Thank you for calling. I want to see some accountability with China. Look, folks, we are now in going into the third year of the coronavirus. Our leaders in America will not tell us what they know about the gain of function, whether this was an accident or whether the coronavirus is, in fact, something that sprung from the laboratory that was manipulated. We don't know the answer to that, and I am making no claims. Or whether this disease was, uh, whether this disease came as a result of some natural circumstance, and we still don't know how it originated. I will tell you this, having now gone through coronavirus, it is one of the most difficult things I have ever had to do in my life. There were several points. I'll just say that I didn't know whether I'd be with you today or not, because this virus is so horrific in the way that it can affect you. The world, look, we've, who cares whether I had it or anyone else had it? The world needs answers. We can't just let this happen to the world without accountability. And if Joe Biden and this administration refuse to put China and ask China for accountability, then it has to happen. This is why Donald Trump was so hated from the left. Donald Trump actually won the trade war with China. And by the way, shortly after that was when we first got coronavirus. Just saying. Okay, he was the only politician in our lifetime to stand up and say, China, you are manipulating the currency. China, you are stealing America's intellectual property. China, you are unfairly dumping products, in some cases inferior products, into the entire entire marketplace of the world, and it has to stop. China. We are going to tax you until you stop some of these things. And our mainstream press, instead of looking at the upside of what that was doing for America and the economy, it chose to attack Donald Trump. And shortly after all of that took place, the world has been embroiled with the coronavirus for the last three years almost. There has to be some accountability. Now, here's the soul of excellence, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. Saturday morning, WABC. You know who this is. The Rolling Stones. One of the greatest rock and roll bands in history. Yeah, 
keep that dance party on Saturday morning going with the Stones. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley with you. Let's go to John in Bergen County. Hey, John, welcome. WABC, what's on your mind this morning? Good morning, Mr. Gordon. Always a pleasure to speak to you. I want to channel El Rushwell a little bit, if I may. Go ahead. Um, I heard him say it one time. I heard him say it a hundred times that uh, Democrats resented elections, and they were incon- they were just an inconvenience for them. I want to expand on that a little bit. Go ahead. It's not just our elections that they find inconvenient, that, that, that they resent. It's our Supreme Court. It's our Senate filibuster. It's our election integrity. It's our Constitution. It's our filibuster. There really isn't an institution or a tradition in our way of life that they don't resent and find inconvenient. Um, I find that terrifying, to be totally honest. I I don't think there's an institution that they're not going to be attacking in the next two years. I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Well, John, thank you, number one. And, you know, one of the things that Rush did, aside from helping many Americans like myself, um, decide who we were politically and identify as a conservative was accurately identify who liberals were and what they wanted and what they were trying to do. I remember the first time that I heard Rush talk about a few, there are a lot of things I remember, of course, hearing him talk about, and the first time I'm, I, I was almost stunned and the first time I heard Russia's take, the one that you just said about elections and how they, they view elections as an inconvenience, it almost hit me so hard that I was shaking my head. What are, you, what are you talking about? And now when you look at it and you look at orders really inside this so-called voting rights bill, which is basically give us money so we can be perpetually, perpetually elected with campaign finance, with you paying for our victories, And at the same time, let's make sure that we can get the DOJ to squash Republican victories. Everything that Rush said about the way the Democrats view elections makes total 100% sense. And it always has. So thank you for bringing it up. And yes, there are so many things like that. One of these days, what I would love to do is go through and talk about what Rush said about baseline budgeting because people if you want to understand this rampant spending that the democrats are on right now you have to put it in context of baseline budgeting and so maybe one day when we have some time we'll do that john staten island welcome wabc james golden what's on your mind this morning good morning mr certainly i was just going to mention that uh, New York City, I looked up uh, what they were paying the politicians to get when they get a voting, I mean, uh, contributions. It's eight to one. So for every tax dollar that I pay, they take my tax dollars and give them another eight dollars. So we actually give them nine dollars for every dollar you give them, which is you're paying taxes on. Only AC or Vegas gives you eight to one odds on crafts of the hard way. This, this must make the politicians juiced up like they're, they're, they're winning every time we give them money. Yeah, and this is all part of what they want to continue. Look, they couldn't get this public financing of elections cleanly. So what they do is they've already buried a lot of the ways that they get matching funds inside legislation. And this John Lewis so-called Voter Act is nothing but the Democrat money laundering Elect Us Forever Act. 
This has nothing to do with people and their rights. Thank you for the call. Let's go to Jeffrey, Connecticut, WABC Talk Radio 77. Welcome, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdley. Good morning, James. You are the golden voice of New York Radio, let me tell you. Thank you so much. uh, My my wife, Pam, and I, she's right here. Say hi, Bo. Hey, Pam. Hi. Hi, sweetheart. uh, Last weekend, you had us rolling. We were almost peeing in our pants. We have to hear the the Dr. Jill Biden march again. Okay, guys, you got it. Okay. Hey, Bruce, see whether you can dig it up. We've got Jill. There it is. Here's the Jill Biden theme song. play it thank you jeffrey from connecticut and ladies and gentlemen that is not a joke that is what diana princess diana alerted us to and we found it that is actually jill biden's theme song the the president has held to the chief jill wanted her own song and they used it at the white house they used the jill biden theme song at the white house play it one more time bruce Milford, New Jersey, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley. Welcome. How are you this morning? Hello, Mike. Are you there? Yes, I'm, I'm here. You got me? I got you, Mike. What's on your mind today, Mike? Uh, I, I just wanted to uh, basically thank you uh, for, I'm not a long-term listener, unfortunately. I wish I I was, but I'm a, I'm, I listen all the time now, you know, every every day at 4 and every Saturday at 8 from 8 to 10. Uh, thanks for, you know, you've had the most open mind of, uh, of anybody, my, my goodness, you uh, and the, uh, the tolerance and, and resilience. You're, you're, quite a, you're quite a guy. And the uh, earlier caller, uh, Allison, who uh, was telling everybody to just grow up, it's like, you know, I can't believe it. She's on the money. She's Did you just definitely. love Allison? Don't we love Allison? Yeah. Was just fantastic. so yeah. She was, yeah. She was no, just and, utterly uh, fantastic. Yeah, I uh, you have great listeners. Uh, you know, ninety percent except the uh, you know the one that got past of the the, uh, the screener somehow. But uh, you know that's impossible to to. Uh, oh, we we don't <laughs> mind those people. That poor guy needs help. We have to just we have to yeah. hope God blesses him. So, you know, we, you know, you, you are again taking the high road, which uh, I, I wish I could do all the time. But, uh, but I, I, you know, you're doing it for me. So thank you again. <laughs> Mike, thank you for the call. You made my day. Thank you so much. Hey, let's head out to Coney Island. And Lewis, Lewis, what's on your mind this morning? How you doing, Mr. Smartly? I'm not going to say how great you are and because that's going to take too long. I know you're the best. That's all I have to say. Just wanted to say something to you. Um, required reading for my six grandchildren is uh, 42, the Jackie Robinson story. 
And uh, if you ever get a chance, perhaps you've been there before, but uh, down on Surf Avenue uh, at the Cyclones uh, ballpark is a statue of Pee Wee Reese and Jackie Robinson. I don't know if you've seen it, but you should go down there and take a look at it. I must have 600, 700 pictures of my grandkids uh, at the um, at that uh, statue. That was the day, of course, when they were really, really getting on Jackie Robinson because he was black with the Dodgers. And Pee Wee came out and he put his arm around him. Um, it's uh, a scene that will go down in a picture that will go down in history. One other thing I wanted to say. Do you know when Jesse Owens won the 1938 Olympics in Germany, who came in second? Do you know who came in second? I do not know who came in second. Who was it? Jackie's brother. Jackie Robinson's brother. Oh, goodness. I didn't know that. Well, thank you for that. You know, when I was a kid, I went to Ebbets Field. Um, Ebbets Field was no longer there. I went to where Ebbets Field was. Um, and of course, the the book that you referenced, Forty Two, I read that book when I was younger, and it was an inspiring read. Then I haven't thought about the book in so you brought it up, but that book is is it should be required reading. Among if if you want to get an idea of where America was, that and and the character of a man, that book is just a remarkable read. Uh, and so, Lewis, thank you for bringing that up. And and I'd love to, and I need to make a trip and see that the statue you're talking about. And Pee Wee Reese, see, these are great American moments. In all the pain, in all of the pain that America suffers, there's still greatness. And we find these moments of greatness where people rise up to the pain, where people rise up against what is wrong. And that's the beauty of America. America continues to rise up against what is wrong. We have corrected our own wrongs more than any other nation in the history of Earth, and we will continue to do so because we are striving for that more perfect union. We are striving to be the best America, and that is the promise of America that we can do that. We are in the greatest city in the world. We are New York strong. We are America, the greatest nation that humanity has ever witnessed. May God protect and love, protect and love every one of us in our families. God bless you. I will be back on Monday at 4 o'clock. And we'll see you then. Bye. Bye.